Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Here on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at Nicole Ferry Fitness. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. Today we have a friend of mine on. We have Heather Christman on. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited that you're here. Um, definitely excited to connect more to and, and have you share about your fitness journey because I feel like we've been through a lot of similar things. Um, but yeah, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our audience today? Hi, I'm Heather Chrisman. Um, what all do you want to know? <laughs> so tell us a little bit more like where you're from, what you do, and then also like what got you into fitness. Okay. Um, I am born and raised in Florida. So an OG Florida girl. And I am a nurse practitioner. And I started really getting interested in fitness, probably my early twenties and started out like cardio bunny. And then with a boyfriend, we started doing seal fit and then we graduated like CrossFit. And then I just, um, wanted to focus on, um, power lifting. And then I just progressed from there to just bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people kind of start off with, um, a lot of the cardio route. Cause it seems easy to just, you know, hop on a piece of equipment, not really sure how to lift, but would you say that maybe while you were doing the cardio, that something was connecting where you weren't like seeing physical progress or like, what made you want to make a change to lifting? I think it's just a knowledge deficit really. Mm-hmm. And lifting weights is intimidating. So probably like a couple years of moderately being in the gym and doing cardio, getting a little bit more confident in that. And then just having, you know, someone who did exercise and work out. So it's encouraging. Yeah. Plus I feel like it helps when you go to the same gym, because then you can start to have like familiar faces. So it's like front desk people, or, you know, some people don't like seem as intimidating. Like I still get this too. Like if I go to a new gym, like I feel kind of intimidated for a bit. And then over time, I'm like, why was I freaked out in the first place? But like those big corporate gyms, like that can be a lot to take in as a beginner. And um, like I started working out at like a a rec center. It was super small. And I'm really thankful that I did because before I went to like a big bodybuilding gym, like if I would have done that first, I don't know if I would have stuck with it. 
Yeah. It can be intimidating at first. And yeah, I think just not having an idea of what to do is so overwhelming. I remember that we bought like a women's health and fitness workout book from Barnes and Noble. And that's how I started programming workouts and learning how to work out, even how to lift weights. Yeah. I just copied people off of YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like before that time where I don't know, technology wasn't as popular, you know, so I had my little paper bag book and yeah, there's probably even like less women in the gym too, which can make it harder. I still don't feel like, you know, it's super equal. It's definitely better, but I know for me, it was like maybe, you know, 15% women in the weightlifting area, mostly men. But when you started, it was probably even, you know, less. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot. What made you want to go into, you know, healthcare and that field? Because I feel like a lot of people get into that for like wanting to help people. But tell us a little bit more about like what sparked that passion. I definitely think always wanting to help people and curiosity with the body and just different components of that. When I was really little, I wanted to be a teacher and um, then a veterinarian. So helping animals. And then I think my goals just kind of shifted mm-hmm. and I really wanted to be a neurosurgeon, but that was when like Morgan and Morgan was getting really big and all these lawsuits. And I thought if I went to school all of that time, like what, how tragic would it be, you know, to not like my job or, you know, be concerned about liability. And I went to nursing school because it was a little bit shorter time. And I just wanted to make sure I wanted to do something in that field. Mm-hmm. And then and think- what? what like realm of like nursing, like have you had experience with and like explain like what you're currently doing now? So predominantly I was emergency room nurse for, um, almost 13 years. And then I went back and got, uh, my family certification. And, um, then I worked in like primary care. So it was like primary and urgent care mix. And we did, um, hormone replacement and aesthetics and, I've done weight loss management, and then I went back and got certified in psychiatry. So now I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Very so cool. Yeah. And why, why is mental health like so important to you? I think that your mind, the way you think, the way you respond to situations, your emotions, um, directly impact every part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people overlook the importance, especially like in the fitness space. Um, a lot of people seem to only look at the physical and they forget, like there's a huge mental component in order to make a lifestyle change and to address these, you know, poor habits that need to be corrected. And, you know, there's again, just a huge gap with that. So if you have fitness goals, like you have to understand, like your mind is going to play a huge role a huge role in achieving those goals. Absolutely. So Heather, you were lifting in the gym, you know, I'm assuming that you were getting a little bit more passionate about bodybuilding, right? And so what made you decide to compete in your first show? And Heather competes in a different federation than I do. Um, I've only competed in NPC shows, but Heather has experience with the WBFF. So I definitely want to hear more about that experience. 
So initially, yes, I did an NPC prep, but I just didn't compete. I didn't feel like I was ready. And, you know, I would say like for NPC or, you know, the criteria is a little bit different. They definitely like a little bit leaner look. So WBFF is more like fashion and fitness. So like fitness modeling, you know, it's Mm kind of like taboo to say bodybuilding. We're not supposed to say that. Um, And I just really liked the glam. Mm-hmm. I had friends that had done it. I went to their show in Miami and I thought it was so amazing because what I really loved about it more specifically is like your ability to express yourself from your bikini to depending on what um, category you do to like what your, you know, theme wear is if you do the theme wear or evening gown. So you can personalize everything based off your personality Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, it looks like, you know, there's several rounds, you get a lot more stage time. And so I think for the person that is really wanting to um, get out there and like show their personality on stage, I feel like you need a lot of confidence to compete in the WBFF because again, there is more stage time. I feel like that can be a great federation. And plus, you know, with the NPC with competing, it seems like it's exploding with social media year after year. It's just getting um, very extreme, especially with the bikini division. So bikini was like an entry level division. And now I look at it, you know, bikini 2023 versus let's say 2015, totally different looks. And it can be very difficult for a lot of people to achieve that conditioning or to ever get to a national level. Um, It's really hard on the body. So if you're looking for even more longevity too, I feel like the WBFF would be a really good option for a lot of girls. Yes. They're not necessarily required to get it as lean. I mean, there are definitely people in WBFF that are very, very lean, you know, fitness and a couple different of the world pros or champions. Mm -hmm. Um, They like a little bit different look. And I do feel like metabolically and like hormonally, it's a little bit better on your body. Yeah. I mean, regardless dieting, it's like hard on your body, you know? <laughs> yeah. Any part of it. Yes. Didn't I learn that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. So you were, how many shows did you do? Do you remember? Or I just did one WBFF show and then I went to do my second prep and then I just okay. didn't make the progress that I wanted. And that's kind of when everything started. Okay. And then what year was this? You would say 2020. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, like 2020, you know, trying to jump into another prep and then, you know, maybe seeing some red flags that something might be wrong. Oh yeah. So I think I had about six weeks to my show and I remember it was COVID several things had just reopened from being closed. Um, it was, oh man, what year? I think it was labor day. September. And we went and stayed in Sarasota. We brought Jameson. I have an Irish doodle. He was a puppy. Um, and we stayed at a hotel and we went to the rooftop bar and there was a girl there and she was drinking. She was having the greatest time of her life. And, you know, I am not, and she looked leaner than I did. And I thought, I am not ready to compete. Am I? My husband's like, yeah, we might as well like wait a little bit. And physically I was getting 
cold chills. I lost my menstrual cycle, but I definitely was, was not lean Mm -hmm. that last week, not having a period having, you know, some bloating, some different little gut issues. Mm -hmm. So I just knew that. So you pulled out of that prep, right. And then you decided to transition into a healing phase, right? Yes. Yeah. So how was that like mentally going from like that competitor mindset to, all right, now I need to take a step back and, and work on like healing and, and recovering because something feels off here. Yeah. So I started working with a different coach. I lost six pounds in two weeks, just eating more food and pulling back cardio, um, which was pretty amazing, incredible, but I still knew I wasn't lean enough to compete or feel like I could. So from that point, you know, we went into a healing phase and we did labs and then we did a Dutch testing and later on we, we did a lot of supplementation, more testing. And I did have a good response. You know, I was very tired. I could hardly function. I could mm-hmm. hardly wake up in the morning. Um, it was rough. And I remember like the Dutch test was so, um, I don't know. It was, it made me feel so good because I knew something was wrong. You feel it. My labs were normal but my Dutch test was a little off. And so it reflected how I felt inside. Yeah. I think it's difficult because a lot of people feel off or they they feel like something is wrong and they want neglect any sort of testing at all. They just think like this problem is going to work itself out when in reality, it could just be progressively getting worse. Um, and there's a lot of different types of testing out there. You don't just have to get lab work done. You can get a Dutch test done. Um, there's people that will even do testing through like your urine or your saliva. So there's many ways to do testing, but that can really help you get some answers, but it's really important. Like for anyone listening, like if your body is sending you a lot of red flags of like chronic fatigue, really bad digestion, um, rapid weight gain, when like the math doesn't make sense for the weight gain to be happening, um, I would even say like acne, inflammation, hair loss, weak, brittle nails, like all of these things that I think can easily be overlooked. You need to have like a little tally and then start to take a step back from fat loss. If you're currently in a fat loss phase, because I know for me, when I was going through my health issues, like I thought I could just like work through it, you know, like the stubborn nature in myself. I was like, oh, it'll get better. Like you're going to get leaner if you just keep pushing harder and harder and harder. Little did I know that I was like basically digging my own grave because I kept thinking that I could, I could, you know, outwork this. But when it comes to your health, like you really can't outwork like a hormonal imbalance. (laughs) And it's almost the opposite. You know, when you do have those symptoms, a lot of times you need to pull back, not push harder. And I think that we are so ingrained, like all the grind and it's ingrained in us. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes less is more. And all, all you really see on social media, if your feed is curated this way is a lot of people dieting and getting lean or competing. And you think that that's what you need to do all the time. And that's why I think it's great to, and I see you share like on your social media, like share, like what does healing look like? What is taking a step away look like? Because people need to see that side. And, you know, I've seen this with other competitors too, where they go through 
some sort of health issues and they just disappear, right? They, they don't post anymore. They don't show themselves. They just, they, or they only post like photo shoot ready pictures. And it's like, you know, like even if you're not at your leanest, like you're still worthy to be posting and going out and like having fun and like sharing about your life. And there's no shame in, in going through a difficult time. Like I know for me, I had first met my boyfriend at the time and I'm like, great, you know, I'm gaining like 35 pounds. I don't recognize myself, you know, but it was, um, it was definitely eye-opening to me because like you realize no, none of your friends or your family care, you know, they just want you to be healthy and they want you to be happy, even though it might be a little uncomfortable. Some of the happiest times of my life, I was uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. Um, how did you cope with, um, a healing phase and like just staying committed to it versus like maybe going back to dieting or doing something that, you know, would be reckless. I just have to laugh at that. I don't know. Maybe so I don't cry. Um, I would say that you got to hit rock bottom. Yeah. You just get hopeless. And so whatever it takes, I can tell you that whatever I was doing, it wasn't working. And then at the very bottom, at the end of everything, I gained 10 pounds very rapidly. I was getting cellulite in my stomach. I went up two pant sizes. And again, you know, I spent the happiest times, my engagement, my graduation from my doctorate, my wedding, my honeymoon, my heaviest weights, you know, my mm-hmm. wedding, I feel like I just couldn't even dance, like my dress fit, but like, not like, you know, I couldn't really move like that great. And those are times where you want to feel confident and you want to feel beautiful and you want to be not like you have to be a supermodel, but just comfortable in your skin. I mean, I look at my wedding pictures and they're beautiful, but I know how I really felt inside. I know how my skin hurt and I had bloating and literally I would tell my husband, my skin hurts. I just feel tired all the time. And I remember struggling and the aftermath of all of that, you know, not being able to hardly function or get out of bed, but having to work and being in school full time. And then having responsibilities on top of it and trying to clean up from one or two years of not being able to function at my peak or hardly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. I mean this, like your physical body going back to the mental health, like it doesn't just affect the physical. It also affects like the mental. And, you know, I know for me, like I struggled a lot with like not recognizing myself it almost felt like um like a weird dream you know like when people like kind of look familiar but you're like I don't know if that's my friend or whatever but that's how I felt when I looked in the mirror I was like this is me but it's not me you know what I mean and it was um challenging for me to you know be in a new state meet new people when I didn't feel like myself you know I almost felt like I was like an imposter and I'm like I'm a bodybuilder but I'm like I don't feel like a bodybuilder I don't look like a bodybuilder and being in the fitness industry I feel like there can be a lot of pressure and um you know I think with um temptation to want to diet or to reel off of like your long-term plan of like a healing phase is you have to understand that the discomfort that you have is going to be temporary and I'm hoping that you had this little piece, but I had something in me that I'm like, it's going to get better. Like, I was like, I have hope that this is just going to be a phase and we're going to get out of this. Like, did you have that like hope that kept you going? I think I had the relentless desire for it to get better. Mm -hmm. And you had like a solid support system too, you would say, right? Yes. Yes. I Yeah. And so that always helps too, is like, 
you know, having a coach or your significant other, like having all these people on board so they can help support you and understand. And um, even like you talk about like fatigue, like I know for me, I'd sleep like 10 hours a day and I'd wake up and I'd still feel like my eyes were like dropping. Like I took a bunch of Benadryl. Yeah. And like my, my husband would be like, how are you still tired? And I'm like, I don't know, but like, I I have a feeling that this is what I need to be doing more of is like recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of what I've worked on is mindset stuff and being more intentional and a lot more self-care, something that I did really exceptional with. And then, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows, but it's definitely something that you have to put first. And I think that where your mind goes, your body will follow. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've really worked hard on being intentional and practicing self-care and mindfulness and meditation and breath work and affirmations and all of the woo-woo stuff I really have bought into. And I think it's helped significantly. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of women feel like they don't recognize their body and they feel uncomfortable and they can be like so hard on themselves. And you have to understand, like, if you want to change the physical, it's also about like having appreciation with where your body is at. Like hate is a really bad motivator. So although it does sound woo woo of like, love yourself, love your body, but like your body really is trying the best that it can with the tools that you're providing it. Absolutely. How did um like your training or your diet shift during this phase? I know you worked with a coach, so you don't have to go too heavy into details, but maybe like more of a broad outline of like some of those changes. I think before I was working out five days a week and I had some general list cardio. I really don't remember what it was at that point. I was eating a good amount, not like exceptional. Um, and then you know, I was just kind of doing my own thing for a couple months, probably eight months. And that's when the weight really shot up. And I felt like I needed to reach out for help again. So I did. And I would say my eating changed, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of like bodybuilders, like basic diets, the bro diets, very monotonous, eat the same thing. It's very comforting or prep for a couple of days and do like slight variations within that. But it's like, I was always very restrictive in that. So, um, more eating the rainbow, some more Mediterranean based diet, which is a little bit less inflammatory. Um, and then major resting. So I did Mm -hmm. two very small, I don't know, circuit type workouts, but very low intensity twice a week. And then walking like five days a week, lists outside silent walks. And gradually I would reverse out of that. And now Mm -hmm. I'm working out um, four days a week and have cardio like two days a week. And that's present you'd say? Yeah. And did you go through like a, a fat loss phase or like a cut or... Was it just, you know, focusing on the shift here? So I did a lot of things. Um, The first thing that we did was like a flush to um, detox the body and the liver and kind of reset, you know, your blood sugar. And then um, I did several different phases, but I would say that, well, I had surgery, so that's kind of halted, but um, I'm in the process of reversing out of yeah. Like a fat loss. Yeah. 
but it seems like now you're feeling a lot more comfortable, like in your body, you seem to be feeling healthier. Would you say that like how you're feeling back in 2020 versus now is like night and day different? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I like to point out that timeline that like this phase of healing isn't going to happen in eight weeks. You know, this is going to be something <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, it's going to be something that takes time. And I think a lot of people get impatient and they think, oh, this will be, you know, eight weeks or 12 weeks. And it's like, no, like if you're in this process, one, you got to be in, but you also got to be in it for the long haul and recognize like it's going to happen in a couple phases. And you know, even with fat loss, like if you, um, have like a, a fat loss goal, it might take a couple phases of like, you know, reversing and cutting and, and cycling that a bit more. And so you got to be patient with your body. Yeah. Since I started with this coach, um, actually like a couple weeks will be a year. So, I mean, and I'm still, I feel like I'm still, I don't know, still not out of the woods. I'm still like working on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, there's, there's always something to work on though, but you know, <laughs> I'm assuming compared to before, like you're experiencing a totally different things so. now. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's always the fear that, you know, the weight can come back, the inflammation could come back and it's just really a mindset, keeping all of those healthy habits in place when you first started being intentional and, you know, still working on mindset and self-care. And maybe one day, if I'm really sore or tired, it might be a rest day. I may just do walking and get active, you know, be a little bit more um, intentional about what I'm doing or taking an active rest day or doing um, yoga versus a workout. So I just allow myself a lot of love, self-love and also flexibility. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. I would also probably say like stress management too. Cause I think a lot of people who are in these like high positions or they have a lot on their plate, like they're running off of like adrenaline and, you know, you might not even be a competitor, but you could be someone that is just like a, a high performer in other areas of your life. And, and things like that can really burn you out too and cause you to have potentially some health issues. It carries over into everything. I mean, we, you have, if we have high stress jobs, if we have terrible coping mechanisms, your relationships, whether it's friends or significant others. And then you add in like exercise, which can be a little inflammatory to the body and the body really can't heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's um, a, a big difference between like acute versus chronic inflammation and Heather, I'm going to give the mic to you. So with your um, expertise, you know, in the healthcare field, tell us a little bit more about the difference between acute inflammation versus chronic inflammation and why um, the chronic is bad. Well, the chronic never goes away. It's always there. <laughs> I think Nobody likes to be inflamed. <laughs> easiest response, right? Um, yeah, acute. I would say it ebbs and flows, right? It comes on strong and really tough and painful, noticeable. And then, you know, it may dwindle down, but the chronic is always there. Mm hmm. And, and chronic inflammation, I feel like is something you can like visually see. 
versus like acute. Now, not always, but I, I know in, in my case, I could visually see that inflammation. And, you know, post-workout, like if you have acute inflammation, like that's a very normal response. You know, it's about what we're seeing consistently. Um, and again, if you're feeling like you look really inflamed all the time, like that is definitely something you need to address. And I think for me now, when I look back at all of my check-ins, cause I do check-ins every week, I always have, um, even after my first show reversing out, I can just see the way the swelling, the inflammation. And even when I did compete, I can see the little bit of inflammation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been there, but because I look at myself every day, I didn't necessarily notice it the way that now, when I look at those pictures, I see it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's also like, we're so subjective to ourselves and that's why it's helpful to have like an outward eye. There's Mm -hmm. so many times where I was like in my 2019 prep where I was like, oh, it's, it's getting better. I'm looking a little leaner this week. And I'm like, honey, nothing is changing. Like you can keep pushing all you want, but your body is not responding. And, you know, I was in denial for, for weeks. Um, and I look back at those pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is off and that is off. And, you know, like, your, your muscles are there, but they look like they have a blurred like filter on them. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can see it when you step away. Um, and even like when I was going through my healing phase, I like look at my face and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, where's your, like, what happened to your jawline? You know, like all these different things that I didn't notice before. Yeah. And so it's, um, take progress pictures. I mean, they can say a lot in the pictures. I know people hate taking progress pictures, but I am so grateful that I did because I go back and I'm like, wow, like it's been so cool to see how my body has changed. And the body's amazing to see every cycle that it goes through and just, yeah. How your overall physique can change. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even just like as a woman, like during your cycle, it's cool to see how your body can shift, you know? I love that. So Heather, um, do you think about competing again after this experience? Sometimes I think that, you know, yes, you see everyone dieting and competing and it's tempting. It's Mm -hmm. possible. Um, but also I really love where I'm at. So I will say that too, like, I think the diet variation that I have now in terms of you know, being a little bit more open-minded about what I'm eating and ensuring that I'm eating enough of all of the right things versus eating a couple of standard like food staples. Um, I really have normalized food. I don't have really cravings. I don't binge eat. I've normalized food. And I think that that's probably been the best win for me. And also, you know, I'm not feel like I'm killing myself in the gym. So I just have such a really great balance mentally, emotionally, physically, and it's hard to give that up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I think that's, um, kind of a good saying that like, there's nothing wrong with maintenance too. You know, sometimes it's like, we're always focused on that next big goal. When in reality, it's like, you can maintain for a while as long as you're happy. <clears throat> My dog just ran in. So with my bike, I felt like you could probably hear her little paws running in. (laughs) That's cute. So so Heather, um, tell us a little bit more where people can find you if they're wanting to connect more. Um, they can find me on Instagram. My, um, Instagram is Heather H O four. 
Perfect. So you guys can always reach out. Um, and then any other closing pieces of advice for anyone that you feel like is going through a similar situation as you? I would say, um, listen to your body. If you feel like something's off, definitely look, um, you know, for alternative means. If you don't have a coach, maybe hire a coach. Um, you can always look holistically, but I, th I tell people and my patients, you know, trust your body, listen to your body. Yeah. Like you're not crazy. If you feel like something's wrong, like that's a valid thing to definitely look into. And it's okay to say like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's wrong. And that's where we reach out for help. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Heather. You're welcome.